Hello, and welcome to part two on computer vision on AWS. I am talking again with Francesco. If you didn't see the original uh, or hear the original episode, please tune in. We're going to dive right into his article and kind of how uh, the project was created and all the different pieces. So we talked a little bit in the last episode about blurring faces and the challenges of computer vision. Can you break it apart and, and what your experiments showed? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, it was it was super fun. Um, so it, it, everything started with with um, um, the hacking face of uh, sorry, the CEO of of, of um, uh, hacking face. So Clement Clement Delang, uh, who posted like randomly posted on, on posted on Twitter. Uh, hey, you know, it would be awesome like to have. Uh, uh, um, I think it was like Instagram, like Instagram filter, like to automatically blur faces when people upload photos of of their of their uh, you know of of, of, um, of a crowd, right? Um, uh, and I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely, it, that that would be awesome. And you know, to be honest, I I had um, I had that that kind of think like at the back of my head like you know for i had been i'd been having that that kind of thing for a long for a long time and it was on my to-do list and i think that was like the the the, the trigger right so i said okay let's let's get started let's let's go for it uh so i started with you know quick experiments uh, so from you know off off the shelf solutions there are a couple of off the shelf solutions out there uh, which you can use to detect faces right so you have like this photo of a crowd and then you, you detect the face and then you know it's it's standard uh, image processing, right? So basically, as soon as you know where the face is, you can blur it, right? And uh, they were pretty fast. Uh, they were pretty okay. Uh, the thing is that they were really ugly. Uh, by ugly, I mean that uh, you know, like you have to imagine like this, this, this rectangle, right, around the face, right? And then you know, you can blur it, of course, but it's still, it's still a rectangle, right? <laughs> so you have, you have like, you imagine like you know, ten people, and then you have like this, 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 I don't know, like whatever, super weird like rectangles, like in the middle of everything, and then everything is blurred. It's definitely not natural. So it was okay, but you know, I thought, I thought, okay, actually, I. Th think that uh, we need something a little, a little different. So how about having a model which is able to um, uh, perform segmentation, image segmentation on the, on the face? Let me explain what, what this means. So segmentation basically means that you are going to perform classification on a pixel level. So you look pixel after pixel, and you're going to say, OK, face, background, face, background, face, background. Right. So it's not it's not a rectangle. It's not like a bounding box which you draw around the face. We're going to isolate just the contours of the face and where literally the skin is. Okay, so this is what segmentation does, right? Um, and, and the idea is that uh, when you have these kind of models, then uh, what you do is that uh, well, you you basically create a, a, a predict a, a mask, right? Uh, a binary mask, so face not face, and when you you overlay that mask on your original image, and you and you uh, blur it. Uh, so I said, okay, this sounds cool. Uh, it's a lot more natural. Uh, definitely no, no more, no more bounding boxes, no more rectangles. It's gonna be awesome. So let's go for it. Uh, and uh, well, you know, if you follow like the, our, our first, our first episode, uh, you you already know that training a model right now is definitely not a problem. Uh, and uh, well, once again here, what I did is that I collected, I think it was like um, 1K, like 1K images. Uh, so definitely not, not, not a big one, not a big number. And in probably 20 minutes, I had my model up and running, uh, trained, right? Um, it was like super cool, super fast. Everything is done uh, on uh, on um, uh, EC2, like you know, because like I mean, I, I need like the flexibility of GPUs. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that at some point, I, I had like this model, and I needed to 
deploy it, right? Uh, okay, how do I make this model uh, usable out there? Um, and um, uh, and that's where you know the once again like the pain starts. Uh, and I, I had known uh, that. I think it's probably like a couple of months ago that NVIDIA um, announced a partnership with uh, AWS to uh, bring uh, Triton to SageMaker. Okay, so let me break, let me break this down, right? Okay, so what is Triton? So Triton is uh, an inference server, an optimized inference server. Uh, so again, like in plain English, this means that uh, we basically have uh, um, framework um, which is able to run code very efficiently, right? It's able to package and run code very efficiently, right? This is what Triton is, so oversimplified. Uh, and uh, and you know, you know, Triton has been around for a while, uh, and it was like, um, it's it's actually super cool, you know. With I have to admit, it's 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 super fast. But you know, you have to deal with it uh, alone, right? So you have to figure it out. You have to understand how do I you know set it up on my on my machine or whatever on EC2. Uh, until uh, two months ago, uh, which is when uh, AWS uh, had brilliant idea of partnering up with NVIDIA and say, hey, tell you what, why don't we provide Triton inside a SageMaker endpoint, right? So that so that people can just package their model and, and use like the, the the SageMaker API uh, and just you know deploy it, and then we'll we'll figure it out all, all on our own, right? So we'll we'll that's gonna be like in the backend, right? So all the complexity. Of, of that of that you know model up and running and try them configurations and blah 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 that's AWS figuring it out um, and that sounded like really awesome so I, I couldn't I, I had to try it out uh, and uh, and you know like Triton is fast right uh, it's really fast uh, but as well you know as always like in life uh, you know when I say that something is fast people tell me okay but how much faster then right so I needed a a, 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 um, a benchmark, right? So I needed a benchmark. So, um, which is why I first deployed on a ve very simple, like very, very simple baseline model, the same identical model, right? I'm talking about, which I trained before, uh, just deployed on a SageMaker endpoint, um, like no fuss, like no particular optim um, optimization. And that was like really pretty fast. I think it was. On CloudWatch, uh, we were having a model latency of around 150 milliseconds, uh, which is which is pretty impressive, right? So yeah. you know, just putting the things in context. Like, remember what I told you, like again, like in in our first episode, we are in around like one second, right? Uh, so like 150 milliseconds, that's pretty great. Uh, now, what can Triton do? Um, compared to this benchmark, um, and uh, and that's when it gets like really amazing because. Uh, you know, without without much of uh, tweaking and, and turning knobs, um, Trident pretty much allows you. Okay, first, first you gotta you gotta convert into TensorRT. I have to say, okay, so that I was I was lying. It's not just Trident. It, it's Trident plus TensorRT. TensorRT is once again like some 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 framework which has been developed by Nvidia, uh, so that you can translate your model into TensorRT, which is super optimized. But but once again, like you do it. TensorRT model, TensorRT Triton, and I managed to get uh, um, latency of 16 milliseconds, right? Uh, that's wow. pretty much 10x, right? Uh, 10x yeah. faster, um, which is absolutely outstanding, right? Uh, and uh, and yeah, so that was that. That's basically you know in a nutshell uh, like the, my 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 journey like from having like the the, the idea to having like the model uh, the model developed into, I mean. 
sorry, developed and deployed uh, on 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 SageMaker, uh, and um, like it's, it's amazing, like you know, like the the what like the the the, the level of progress we are making uh, on deployment is, is absolutely outstanding. Uh, it's a it's still a pain point, it's still a pain point, but it's getting a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, I I just every time I hear about SageMaker, I'll I'll make sure I include a link uh for that announcement. It may have even been back at reInvent. Uh I remember seeing a a blog post and everything probably, where that probably. report came. Yeah. Um so like let's talk a little bit about deployment because you've also written some blog posts around doing Docker containers yeah. and having your models inside a Docker container container with VS Code, whether it's locally or remotely, how does that fit into what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So that's that's like Docker. Docker, honestly, has been one of the like uh, happiest discoveries of, of my life as a, as a developer. Uh, I, I was I found I found it super scary. You know, I think that's it's important. Like to, it's important like to tell to communicate that to people, uh, especially like you know people who wanted to break into data science. Like they are uh, immensely uh, scared about like you know the overwhelming amount of information which they have to handle and it's literally drinking from a fire hose and then you know people are asking you okay do you know git do you know blah do you know docker and, and, and definitely docker is one of those right uh, yeah and it was i was scared you know as i was like okay so i don't i don't i have absolutely no idea how what first what this is and how this works and why would i need it right so i have like my my laptop and it was it's working great so why are these people over complicating my life with docker and, and uh, uh that's un until um you get to the point where uh, you develop something, right? Uh, and then a colleague of yours asks you, okay, actually, you know, can you run that same thing, right? Uh, that model which you trained, right? Um, and that's when you start saying that that's, that's, you know, the moment you start wondering, oh, okay, so how am I supposed to do that? So how, how is this dude, you know, going to run the same code which I, which I wrote on, on, on his machine, right? We are not running the same machine. I mean, I am a Mac, the guy's on, on a Linux, whatever. So how are yeah. we gonna do it? And uh, you know, spoiler alert! Once again, uh, you're not gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's gonna be a nightmare. Um, and that's where Docker al allows you to, um, you know, live a happy life, uh, which translates into creating a completely isolated environment, uh, which allows uh, you know developers, you know, in our case, like AI scientists, but you know, like any anybody really, uh, to um, create once again like an environment with an environment which is um, platform uh, agnostic, right? And so I can ship uh, literally the Docker file, which is anything you need, just the the, the, the only thing you need, right? So Docker file with all the instructions to build this kind of environment. Um, and then you can, you know, build your image, run the container. And when you run a container, you're basically running an operating system on top of that image, right? Uh, inside, inside, in a virtualized environment. Um, and that's, uh, that's literally uh, everything you need, right? Because then um, um, uh, it's 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 uh, uh, it allows you uh, to uh, have a reproducible environment uh, um, when you train, for example, your model, and when you deploy your model. Talking about deployment, which you asked Mike in the first in the first which you asked in the first place, right? That's, that's the key to success, right? Because that's like the, the biggest one of the biggest sources of failure. Once again, there is that you you train a model in an environment and then you try deploying it, and then everything falls apart. Uh, because guess what? You train on Mac and then you know. Uh, 
EC2 uh, is running on, on Linux, right? So it's not a Mac, right? Uh, so it's not going to work. Um, but if you train on Docker and uh, the same identical environment is going to be used for deployment, uh, that's the key to a happy life uh, from a developer's perspective. <laughs> yeah, it solves that whole works on my machine. It's the dream of just shipping your machine. Yeah, and exactly. How does, that, how does that work with CPU and GPU with Docker now with all of these models? So like once I create a Docker image, do I have the ability to create an EC2 instance that's got all of these GPUs and then I'm going to boost my performance through the actual hardware? Totally, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you you can you can uh, you can run pure Docker or uh, Docker Compose also, like which is like, um, um, like another tool which is built on top of Docker. But I mean, long story short, you can access uh, uh, the uh, devices right which are running like on, on on your machine. And by devices, I mean like CPU or GPU. Uh, so totally, it's completely completely feasible to do that, uh, and uh, and it's super easy. Literally, it's super easy. The moment the moment you understand. A little bit what is going on there, uh, which is like it's not magic, right? It's it's literally just uh, uh, um, instructions uh, which you provide uh, to the software, which is which builds uh, a virtualized machine running on your uh, on your device. Uh, that's when you 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 understand, okay, but this this thing is a bubble. Uh, which can communicate to the external world somehow, right? I mean, it, it has like right. network ports, right? And I guess like it, it can also access the GPU somehow, right? Can't it? And yeah, the answer is yes, it can, right? Uh, so, uh, so with Docker, uh, both Docker and Docker Compose, uh, you can you can totally uh, access uh, like whatever device you 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 need. Uh, and in terms of deployment. Um, uh, it is. It is also like it is. It is super, um, super attractive. Exactly for this reason, right? Uh, because you can, you can dynamically choose which kind of device is present and which kind of device also like is 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 available on the machine you're deploying it onto. Love it. I and I'll put a link to your article there that walks through that with VS. Can you dissect, you know, an ML project? What are you thinking? Are you know what are the steps of that? pipeline in your your mind and can kind of break that down totally yeah yeah so that's 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 actually it's, it's, it's a great question because you know it, it, it we I've worked in, in several environments like in several several companies and and that's the kind of question which at some point like pops up and you start you start thinking okay so what do I need actually first like which kind of people do I need like that's the kind of question which you ask in order to understand if you need to hire data scientists machine learning engineers data engineers devops like you know uh, yeah so it's important like to figure out okay actually which kind of steps are we going through right and I think there are four main steps uh, when I think about like a machine learning pipeline first one is understanding the business problem uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through them real quick and then we're gonna we're gonna like dissect them a little bit more in detail uh, but first one is definitely understanding the business problem that's that comes top first uh, second one is is um, EDA, which stands for exploratory data analysis. Uh, and that's basically, you know, the moment where you collect your data, and you ideally you can you kind of figure out if your the business problem which you, you tried to understand in the first step is a real one. Uh, if you have to, you know, course correct or anything like that. Uh, then that's the easy part. You get into modeling, right? Uh, you get into okay, now I got my data. I understand the business problem. I got my data. Uh, what do I got to do with that data? Uh, I got to train a model to solve a problem. That's great. Train your model, and that in in this in this step, the results like you know feature engineering and blah blah blah. Understand which kind of best model and so we're gonna get there um and you know last one is production 
right? So last step is production. And I insert into, into production everything which comes with it, right? It's, just, it's not just shipping a model and then, you know, making sure that it runs, you know, 24 uh, seven, like in the cloud and, you know, and then you forget about it. Like, no, it's it's uh, everything which comes with it, which means maintenance and then auto scaling. And then, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, traffic is handled properly. And then for machine learning, you have to make sure that, you know, there's no data drift. Uh, you know, we're gonna, we, we can, we can talk about those, but anyway, so it's everything which comes with, with production, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and monitoring and and, and monitoring. All of that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and yeah. So, but then, like you know, if I start from from the beginning once again, I think that as as I as I also said, like in in, in the in the in our previous episode, understanding the business problem is the key to success of any machine learning model uh, it's probably uh, any machine learning pipeline it's I, I would say probably it's, it's the key to access for any <laughs> any kind of, of project but anyway so for machine learning uh, specifically you really gotta got, got, got to understand where where you're getting what you're getting and what you're getting into right uh, and, and that's the moment where you gotta like sit down with uh, with a business and ask questions like why do we need it right what is what is right. your current solution what is the baseline to beat uh, who is going to use the the, the, the predictions and, and and how like what is the financial impact of models downtime or mistakes right which kind of metrics do we care about and how are we going to measure those right those are like a very very clear questions right which are um uh, are going to define the next steps right because then there people are going to explain to you what they think they want right and what they have uh, yeah. and that's 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 the moment where well you, you actually sit down and figure out okay actually this is this is the current situation. This is what I'm. This is where I'm. I'm. I'm this is kind of my working environment, right? I, I love this that you're pointing this out because I've seen this my entire career. If different companies, you know, you had the research side, and I remember the machine learning stuff that was coming out of research that was just incredible, and the product group was like, "We can't use this." Totally. Because they were thinking in the in the business problem, and and so you can create something that, and maybe it's you know, looked at as research for the company, but it's not going into any product yet. And really keeping that as an overarching theme for what you're trying to solve for your end user through the business throughout, yeah, I yeah. think is something great. I love that you're pointing that out. It's, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's really, you know, starting, starting from, from the customer and working backwards, right? At the end of the day, because then you're going to say, okay, actually, what is, um, like who is who's gonna use this, right? So I, I have like an uh, I'll, I'll, you know a small disaster which I which I I I I, I, <laughs> I worked on when I was when I was at Amazon, uh, uh, and, and you know it was like one of my first machine learning models, and, and you know I had to predict like the sales of, of books, right? I was working in Kindle, and uh, and you know if, if a book was a hit or not, and the idea was that we would pitch those books, the books which were like really really good, like to to vendors so that they could like convert them from physical to, to digital. And uh, you know, I was I was literally I was my my metric was uh, of success was accuracy, whatever accuracy meant in that case. So I like whatever like a book is a hit, like whatever. I had I had even made up the 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 definition of a hit, like what is a hit, like you know. Right. Um, anyway, right. And, and like long story short, like my top prediction over there uh, was um, I think for Canada was like where to search mushrooms around Toronto, something like this. 
And I remember the face of the vendor manager, like, you know, looking at me, it's like, dude, really? So that's the kind of book which you want me to pitch to whatever. Like, you know, there was like this, this big publishing house, like where to find mushrooms around Toronto? Like, are you crazy or what? Uh, and that's literally the moment where you start thinking, okay, so that's, I don't think I actually understand what we are trying to do here. Right. So literally figure out what you got to do, uh, what the problem we are solving. And then you move like to, okay, let's prove that this is a real problem. And the assumptions which we made in step one, so understanding the problem are holding. Uh, so this is like a crucial step, which is the second one. So EDA, exploratory data analysis, right? So that's the moment where you actually collect your data. So you understand your data. Uh, so crucial, crucial part, like, you know, a, a machine learning science, a machine learning scientist, data scientist who does not look at data will is set for catastrophe. That's, that's, that's no, it's for sure. Like 100%. So you got to look at your data, right? Uh, so collect your data, look at your data and then run your analysis. And then, you know, like you get back to the business, right? And say, okay, look, uh, this is what I found, right? And, and this is great because like now you, you can have like literally like just three outcomes, three possible outcomes, right? Um, so you have like one, which is, okay, actually that's this is exactly what I, what I expected. So like green light, let's go on. Two is, oh, ah, this is interesting. So I didn't expect that. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think we might course correct this thing. I don't, I don't, I mean, this is good. This is good insight, right? Or, yeah. or third option, really, this is completely nonsense. I didn't know we had that. Uh, let's kill this project from like in the first place, which is great, right? Because now you're off the hook and you, you move to the next project. Um, and that's when, you know, like, for example, like AWS helps like with, for example, like SageMaker, like, you know, SageMaker notebooks, like SageMaker, uh, um, instances, uh, also like uh, studio and instances, like they help like to, to Can access data in an easy way. A canvas. Are you doing it this Oh, point? Canvas, yeah, yeah. Canvas yeah. Uh, also, yeah, definitely. Canvas also helps. Uh, it's I, I would say it's it's most for I mean, known, known te non-technical audience, uh, but it's definitely if you want to set something like quick and dirty and, and you want to figure out you know what is what is going on, uh, it's it's Canvas is is for sure like the way the way to go there as well. Um, um, but anyway, so you go there and then, you know, you, you figure out, okay, it's, we have, you have a plan, you sign off and then you move into modeling, right? Which was the third step. Like modeling, that's where, you know, you go nuts, right? Uh, you, you, that's like a play, playground, like for data scientists, machine learning scientists, like you just go and play. Uh, and, and, you know, like, uh, by playing, I mean, you know, you have your data, you know, which kind of problem you want to solve. Now you go and, and have fun with algorithms and, 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 you know, tuning the right model. And years, years again, you know, the, that's that's you know uh, uh, Amazon like offers like a huge variety of, of choice like you know I think like Sage the the, the Sage Maker like suite of, of of offer is is just like fantastic there you know we're talking about once again notebooks and and, and studio just to develop like quickly iterate on, on on ideas there is Clarify uh, which is like a, a um a service I really love about um once again fairness and and uh, in in AI uh, thinking about linking back like to faces like blur blur blurring faces uh, yeah. it's really important at some point. That, that you understand, okay, does my does my model have a bias? Like, am I biasing my results? Like, with a, spe a specific like subset of that data is not looking good or whatever, right? Right. So clarify, and then again, you know, experiments, SageMaker experiments, SageMaker debugger, uh, which allows you to you know track exactly what you're what you're what you're doing because you know you have like sweeps of, of experiments and you wanna at some point you wanna figure out which one is the best. Uh, and that's you know the easy part, as I said, uh, because you, then you got you got once again you got back to your business and say, hey, dude, uh, look, actually, you know that's the business problem we talked about like two steps ago. There you go. Uh, the metrics which agreed upon. 
that's what I'm getting, right? Uh, and that's your green light. Great, go ahead and have fun on deployment, which is step four, uh, and which involves, uh, well, as we know uh, already, uh, having fun with uh, with the actual model in production, so making the model available to customers. And so again, SageMaker endpoints, serverless batch, async real time. You 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 go and have fun like with uh, with SageMaker there. What do you find like are the biggest challenges like? I, I love how you broke apart production around data drift and modeling. I, uh, you know, without naming names to protect the innocent, I know in my old Alexa job, you, the art part of the, you know, the accuracy of a model, it's like this catch 22, you know, the more that you add to it to do better and better capabilities, sometimes that accuracy can fluctuate. Yeah. And I think it's such an interesting space, right? Is that, Production in a lot of development, when you when you put it out there, other than iterating through releases, right? You're specifically adding new functionality. Um, this is like a living, breathing thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, with unintended consequences. Is, totally. Is that challenge, or do you find it's there's other challenges in this? In no, way? I think I think that's that's like top top one for sure. Uh, so I would say like starting starting from 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 the beginning. Once again, I, I would say that probably you know understanding the business is probably top one. Then in terms of more technical versioning is is top two. Uh, we right. talk about like versioning models, but it's uh, there's very little now which can is done in terms of versioning data, right? Uh, so like the 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 model which you're using is just a combination of an algorithm and data, right? So you ver you you version your people version version code, but they don't version data, right? And right. so like when, yeah. when at the moment, at some point when things go wrong and they will go wrong, uh, people will knock at your door and ask me, why are they going wrong? Uh, I mean, show me what, what happened during training. And then you will not be able to replicate that because you have your code, but you don't have your data, right? Yeah. Uh, so versioning of data is also like pretty important. Um, and then as you said, like everything which comes with maintenance and monitoring in, in, in production, there is a living, that model is a living thing. It breeds and, 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 and it's, it's, uh, it produces outputs um, which are um, in some cases, not always, in some cases, like they're hard to interpret. Uh, and most importantly, if there are a lot of those outputs, uh, then it can spin out of control um, pretty fast and without you realizing it, right? So it needs, you, you need to have in place uh, alerts in both in terms of both inputs and outputs, right? It's not it's not just yeah. a matter of, of of measuring accuracy, right? Uh, because you know, like accuracy can 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 be very good, right? Uh, but then you know your your data distribution might change over time, and the problem is that like your the 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 effect on the output might be delayed, right? Uh, by like for whatever reason, right? And so you yeah. might end like you know in a situation in which when you realize that. Uh, you have an effect on the output. It's already too late because your data has really drifted too much, right? So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure out like both inputs and outputs, and that's hard to do. Uh, it's really hard to do. Oh, it, it, it's so hard. And I saw that in my, you know, my previous roles. Sometimes you could increase accuracy in NLU and understanding really good, but what you're actually getting at the end is not what was happening before. You know that, that oh, something yeah. is actually happening within the model. I what. What has you excited in in this space? Like, what's coming, and and where where's your your head at? And the community, where, for sure. Oh, I love that. That's uh, it's aspect. like it's <laughs> totally. So, if uh, like number one, I think that um, that's that's the number one thing which I love about this space uh, that people are genuinely collaborative. You know, it, it's right. it's a, it's a, it's an effort of the entire community. 
to get better at, at, at machine learning. And, uh, and by the way, that's also like a, a top advice, which I, which I try to give people who want to break in the field. Um, try to um, join an open, an open source project. Uh, it is just, you know, I did it like a couple of years ago uh, for object detection with uh, Ice Vision is a project I joined a couple of years ago. And it's it's just insane amount of information which you learn uh, by, you know, you get a, like a better, you get a better developer, you get a better human being, you know, because you're more yeah. respectful, like with people around you and, and kind of work, respect the work which people are, are, are putting out there. So the community is, is, is the, my, my, Top one source of excitement. Uh, that's that's how we grow together. Uh, only, only being together actually, <laughs> really being together, and then and then you know, uh, uh, making yeah. sure that that you know uh, we we progress in the right in the right direction. I love it. Where where can uh, folks find you online? Um, Twitter for sure, uh, LinkedIn, uh, and then I have my personal blog. So that's francescobogetti.com, uh, which is where I put all my content. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes and a couple other of your posts that are all linked in here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. This was great. I felt like this was real world. Like this was computer vision. This was AWS services, but this was also what you've learned practically trying to build these things day to day. And I super appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Dave. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much.